Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode 85 of the podcast that's sweeping the nation, indeed. This is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you for downloading, for subscribing, commenting, and acquiring and listening into this podcast. However you've chosen to do so, I do so appreciate one and all. Remember, tell a friend. We are trying to spread the word, trying to get as many of these episodes cranked out, hopefully do more during this football season for you guys. Uh, A lot to discuss in the world of the NFL, in the world of Major League Baseball. Season coming to a close shortly here. Postseason starting up there as well. I've got a lot of off-topic conversations to have with you as well. I am Jeff Mance, by the way. FantasyGuru.com is where you find me. The uh, weekly rankings and projections and trades and all of that seasonal analysis over there. EliteFantasy.com. Search Elite Mafia on social media. See how our subscribers are doing. We're winning all of the daily fantasy football monies this year, folks. And, of course, EliteSportsBetting.com. For all your legalized sports betting needs, had a rough week number two, better in week three. Bad Thursday, but to close it out Sunday and Monday, very strong. Back over 500 on the year. Have the bet of the week coming up later on in the show as well. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on the Twitter machine, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. But I'm not alone today, baby. No, sir. Rebot, if I was alone today, it would have been this episode would crash and burn into the mountain because of how the state of mind I am in. Fortunately, I got my main man Ray Flowers here to help uh, recap week three, preview week four, and who knows what the hell we're going to get into. What's up, Ray Bone? Hey, Jeff, can you hear the dog barking in the background, by the way? Woof, woof. Is that Ollie? Is that yeah, is that coming Ollie? through on the microphone? No, I didn't, I didn't hear it at least, okay. but uh, I hope so. He immediately started barking as soon as you started to introduce me. Like, That's it, the isn't that good? But I love that part about the podcast situation. Like it's so stress free. You know, we don't want it. We don't. I don't want to have like our dogs like on the mic right. and stuff. But I, you know, kind of. I feel a little bit laid back with that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, the, the last two Friday night shows on SiriusXM, he's made an appearance. <laughs> so that's a little, a little oh. different. A podcast is like you said, a little more free flowing and all that. But uh, has he had more airtime than you have? Uh, um. You've well, not had a lot of airtime on uh, on Siri- on your own shows yeah. recently because of technical difficulties. Yeah, we had a two hour sh- show that was supposed to be three, and yeah, yeah. So we've had uh, some issues. It's pretty close, Jeff. Yeah, it's pretty it close. We're pretty fighting fun. for the airtime. Remember, you guys could follow Ray Flowers at Baseball Guys on the Twitter machine as well. Make sure you're doing that, and of course, all the places I am at Fancy Guru, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. It's Ray Flowers as well. Sirius XM host uh, on the Sirius XM Fantasy Drive with Kyle L. Frank. And those who subscribe to Elite Fantasy and Guru and everything know Kyle L. Frank as well. So it's the one big happy family, right? Yeah, we try to bring uh, some quality content to the folks with some quality people. And uh, I think we got a pretty good crew now, Jeff. Yeah, we certainly do. So, Ray, we have a lot to talk about here as we start. It's funny because... I appreciate you hopping on uh, doing this. It's funny. I like to be revealing on these episodes and on this podcast, something that we, you and I can't do, you know, on Sirius XM and stuff. And, and rightfully so, you know, got to get to it. This is more of a, we talk about 
whatever we can talk about anything we want anytime we want which is the great thing about we have ollie on the, the show my dog vader could be on the show like anybody could can do that but you know it's funny because like i'm going through this i call it a mental health crisis even though that probably sounds a lot worse than it is it, it's not like because i've talked about it on this podcast before ray where uh, i've had bouts of depression in the past and you don't i don't it's unrecognized like i don't before I grew up in this environment, my mom was crazy. My, my mom was a manic depressant, but never diagnosed. Like we just didn't know. My mom was just wild and really wide ranging in her emotional status and stuff like that. And it, it, it's weird. And all my brothers and sisters, we all kind of have this, this thing that we do. We get into the doldrums and start feeding into like negative energy and stuff like that. And it took me years and years and years to uncover it in myself and realize like, oh shit, I wasn't happy doing, you know, my former jobs. I, I haven't been happy at, you know, work situations. I've been kind of outspoken on that on the podcast in the past as well. And I, and I, I am in that situation right now. I reached out to you, uh, you know, good friend on and off air, which I appreciate Ted and Phil. That's a good thing about the community and the people like we are all good friends, both on air and off air probably, Probably meaner to each other on air than we are off, right? Probably true. Yeah, I agree. Support that, <laughs> probably. But like, I'm going through this this whole uh, crisis, and you know, something you and I discussed a little bit. I personally am vowing to people, and I said it on Sirius the other day, and I'm trying to tell everybody, I'm trying to be positive. I'm going to try to be positive. I think I feel like it's the it's Twitter, quite honestly. Like, if I had to encapsulate, I think it's just Twitter. It's a negative energy around our our, uh, our our industry and things like that. It's unfortunate, right? It, it's very unfortunate that that happens because this used to be like you and I met through this industry and, you know, um, good friends and, and like that, uh, everything I said there, it's, it's weird because it, I feel like it used to be a lot different. We used to be uplifting. It used to be inspiring. It used to be uh collaborative right and now it's it's just such a fucking cutthroat fucking industry where people are just you know at backstabbing fucking watch this guy bleed they don't care at all. and it, it's sort of taken on a life of its own and i got to admit that i you know i've gone down those roads before you know recently i get mad i've outed some people on this podcast which i probably shouldn't have done i'm gonna try to do better but it it's a it's a weird thing that i'm currently going through right and i know you share in that social media angst where everything is just kind of turned negative lately yeah this is my 20th year full-time i think you're 16 jeff 16 yeah. yeah and so i mean you could say part of it hey you've been doing the same thing for two decades okay you know you get a little tired of doing it and people sometimes say why are you so grumpy and it's like well, I've answered that exact question 4,712 times. Like, you know, there's there's some yeah. of that, but there is no debating that the social media environment is toxic. And that's, I'm taking your word that you used earlier today. It's toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if that is where we're at as a society, and I think it kind of is, um, it's really bad. We, we were joking around before the, the podcast here. Like, and it's not a small secret with me. It's like, I'm going to buy, a, I'm t- everyone listening, hear my voice, hear me. Cause this is, this will happen one day. I'm buying either a shack on the beach or a log cabin and I'm out. I'm out. It's true. And that's it. He talks and, about it every day. He yeah. really does. Like, folks. And I'm it's out. true. 
right? And and you guys can all, everyone can keep their hate, and I'm and I will be happy at that point, right? But right now we do the best we can to to deal with, you know. And I've I've said this to you too. I have just so everyone listening, you you have Jeff to thank for us <laughs> still being active on social media because I've tried to back out of social media for about two years now. Yeah. And I tell Jeff, I'm I'm just tired of this. Like, ah. And just like, we got to do it. It's our job. So, you know, we keep doing it, but it's, it's rough. It's, and it's, it's not the people, most of the people listening. Like, no, it's and not that's, most of the people listening. That's yeah, great. most of it. I mean, and maybe some of you, who knows? There's some people that definitely hate listen. And I, I mean, I had this episode on like uh, Monday of this week where somebody in the industry, you know, went out, didn't tag me in a message and saying, you know, saying something completely out of context that I said. And, and that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. And really what sent me over the edge, and I'll talk about it to open the show. And we have a lot of football to get to today, folks. And we are actually going to talk some baseball with Ray as well real quick. But, and I want to acknowledge the passing of a friend and former colleague, Mike Taglier of Fantasy Pros that uh, passed away um, at the age of 39 this past week. And uh, Mike was a guy that I, I haven't really talked. I don't talk about relationships and that's something i probably should have done mike used to always come on when i did the rant the fantasy football roundtables ray mm-hmm. remember all those years yep. i used to do oh, yeah. those mike mm-hmm. would be uh, he, he's what i call a two-timer like him jake seeley evan silva like some of them are just so freaking good that i'd have them on twice you know we'd rotate people around and uh and so mike was a close friend of the family um, of my family. And, you know, we kind of grew up in the same area in Chicago. He actually moved to Arizona before I did. He was here when I was here. And, you know, the thing it's impacted me in a real neg in a, in a bad way, not only to lose somebody like that. And again, Mike and I weren't like ultra close in, especially in recent years and things like that. He's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing, but always, you know, we talk a couple times a year, but what, what hurts me is that, it's a guy that was living his dream and at the top of his game and his career was just ascending. Like it was just in, you know, we're competitive in this industry, but there's, there are guys that just do it right. And there's guys you root for, you know, right. And I think that's kind of why you and I became friends early on, at least in early on in my journey around here is that you, you want people to do well. We used to always root for each other. It used to be the, it, that was the way. And, and I saw Mike every time, he, you know, he's been climbing over the last few years. And, you know, when I was winning live finals, he would always reach out and, and, and vice versa. And to see that happen, you know, at such a young age and just as that, you know, such good things were to come for him. It's fucking heartbreaking to me. It's just as heartbreaking. It's one of the people that you root for and you want to see them succeed. And, you know, it's, I realize in myself that it's, it's gotten, I've gotten opposite lately. I've kind of rooted against people. I don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to be the guy that roots against everybody. I, I root for myself. I want to outwork people. I want to, I want to outsmart people at this game. You know, I want, I wanted, I want to do well and perform, but I don't like winning by forfeit or winning because somebody got hurt or, you know what I mean? Right. Like mm-hmm. it's always, I've always been against it. I just don't feel good. I want to outperform my competition if at all possible. I don't want to, you know, I, I hate that somebody like that would be taken away. And I, I just, it, it's brutal. It's just unfortunate. So and I don't want, so I don't want to become the person that has to root against people. You know what I mean? And right. I think Mike stood for that in a big way. And it's what 
you and I came up in this industry being, I, I mean, so many people from Rick Wolf and, and, and Glenn Colton and, and, you know, Greg Ambrosius and Tom and, you know, so many great people, Stacey Stern now head of the FSGA and like so many people that helped us along the way. And it was just such a better environment. And now it's just become so cutthroat. And I recognize that I I'm a, I'm to blame. I've said it on this podcast. I've had, you know, former people that we worked with come up to me and talk through intermediaries saying, Hey man, what the fuck? I heard you said some shit on your podcast. I heard you said that. And I'm like, you know what? You're fucking right. I shouldn't, you know, I really, I know that I'm contributing to it and I'm going to try to, I'm really working on this, Ray. And that's what I want to tell everybody out there, because I know sometimes you guys want fantasy analysis and here I am bitching about fucking somebody who did me wrong and you nobody should care about that so i'm gonna do my part right and you need to hold me to it okay i will um <laughs> i try to do it myself too i, I find it interesting because I, I hearken back to my days in college um yes i did go to college uh oh. and um i used to study you know the first century world and history and all this kind of stuff and there were a lot of societies back then yeah. that had this idea of limited good you know there was a there's a pie let's think of it that way there's a pie yeah. And if you take a piece of the pie, that's a piece of pie I can't have, right? Yeah. You just took the piece of pie. Now there's only, you know, seven eighths of the pie left. Mm-hmm. And if seven other people take the pie, I got no damn pie. My life is over, right? And so there is this idea of limited good in a society almost as if there's, there's a pie. And if you don't get a piece of the pie, your ass out. So what do you have to do? If you miss out on that first piece of pie, you got to punch someone else in the face to get the second piece of pie, right? Yeah. You got to take it from someone else mm-hmm. versus... What you're saying, and which is the way we all should be living, because it isn't, you know, 32 of the common era, we should be understanding that everyone can succeed. Everyone can be happy. Everyone can get a piece of pie. Everyone can do that. In the world, all of us, everything is a better place if we're all supporting each other, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's work, it's an industry, whatever it might be. And I, you know, the, our space, and again, 20 years full time for me, and I did it you know, part time before that. When I started this, man, it was everyone helped everyone. Yeah. Everyone helped everyone yep. all the time. And, you know, I don't know if it was egos got involved or it was money or corporations came in or people got tired of dealing with crap year after year. I don't know what it is, but now it's a cesspool of crap. And it's so different than when it started because you're totally right. Like never once as I was growing up in this industry, did I ever say, boy, I hope that person fails. Never. I, I hope uh, they suck. Exactly. You never said uh, that. I, and that's what I'm saying. I have done that lately. I really have. I've like rooting for failures. I personally. And I'm like, what an asshole. Like, that's just an asshole thing to do. Like, you should just, I should want to beat people or, or whatever it is with skill, with hard work, with determination, with you know, anything, but you know, you winning versus somebody else losing, there's a big yeah, gap there. I want to cut you off for one second, just for the yeah. listener's benefit, because I'm not saying you haven't rooted against people. Cause I know you have, we've talked about it. Fine. You're not randomly choosing people to go root against. Oh no. You know, these people have ro- wronged you first, <laughs> if we're going to be fair. Okay. So it, you know, it's turnabout, fair play, eye for an eye. Okay. We can debate whether but it's not Jeff out there going around just trying to find people to fry. That's not what's happening here. I appreciate you uh, yeah. saying that because that, yeah, that's true. I don't try to do that. Absolutely. And yeah, but th- even though in this thing is people do you wrong 
is it right to go back at that? Eh, probably not because it doesn't do you well. And I think there's a lot of it. And I think that's why social media is where it is right now. And specifically Facebook and Twitter where it's just nonstop fights, like nonstop. It's all it really is. And whoever's not fighting is just trolling to get a gotcha moment. They want to get somebody saying something inappropriate, getting some, you know, saying something that's wrong, so on and so forth. And it's, it's become toxic, but I just wanted to, to get that out and to make sure people understand what, you know, I'm going through and that, you know, I, something that I believe in, I'm not a big believer in a lot of things. I, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a, you know, I, I just don't have a lot. I'm not a conspiracy person, I, uh, but I, I do I, I do believe in putting out good. I do believe in, um, in, you know, doing the right things and saying the right things. And I believe in mental health as well. And uh, I feel like being in the right frame mentally and emotionally is so important to everybody. I think there's so many undiagnosed cases of depression that we don't even know about. And again, I did a, a pod, you know, way long time ago it was last year. So it was like episode like 10, of this uh, of this podcast where I talked about mental health and my bouts with depression and things like that. And again, it wasn't like I sat through, I wasn't Eeyore. It was episode 15, my life with depression. It wasn't like, Oh, woe is me. But no, it's just, I didn't, I wasn't happy, you know? And it's funny. Cause like I told Ray, Ray knows this, but my wife and I have a term around our house now. Cause we both went through it growing up and everything. And it's about choose happiness, choose to be happy. You, you sit there and you could take that road. You can, I can respond to the troll on Twitter or decide to spend a half hour on the show talking shit or, or being negative or, you know, bashing people and showing people, or I could choose to be happy. And if happiness breeds a better environment and it, you know, believes in winning and it believes in, you know, putting out good. And, you know, I, and I, I prefer, to choose that direction. So I choose happiness whenever possible. I think other people, you know, um, may be able to benefit from that as well. Cause you know, you realize like, I don't like my job or I don't like my fuck man, bad relationship or, you know, bad friendships or fucking don't like, you know, I didn't like where I lived and I love the city of Chicago and all, but I, I was telling Ray, like I couldn't do anything in the city. Like, the city didn't exist. I couldn't go to a game. I used to have white Sox season tickets takes me three hours to get downtown fucking ridiculous. Like it's, it wasn't real. And now in Phoenix, I get there a half hour there and back door to door. It's no big deal. And people that live in that environment, those in Chicago, especially if you lived in the Western suburbs, you know it. So just little things like that, that, you know, can make you happy and choices that we make um, to put us on a better path. So there we go. Starting out with that. Speaking of a better path, Ray Flowers, I am uh, another thing I'll be perfectly honest with. I'm about to hopefully watch it blow up in my face, but close out my first fantasy baseball championship in about three or four years now. You know, I am notorious for playing in these leagues. And once football season comes in because of the workload and everything else, I just, I punt them. I just stop putting in waiver moves. I stop putting in. Uh, I don't, I stop managing the team and uh, every now and then I'll remember and go in and, and drop some guys in or out and stuff. And that's on me. And it's an embarrassing thing. And, and I've not done well, even in like uh, um, the expert leagues that I've been invited to. And I've, I've turned down 
my invitations to some of these as a result, just because I know now I'm like, fuck, I'm not good at this, but uh, I'm pretty excited about closing out a, a championship here. Um, hopefully in a uh, expert head to head league. I like it. Yeah. I hate head to head. How dare know, you, Jeff you know. Mans? Um, I, I love head to head to head. It's so much better in my opinion. Um, I just, I just like, I like, I like knowing what I'm up against. I you hate like the like, juice too. Yeah. You can figure yeah. it out. You like to look at uh, 12 starts for 11 starts and mm-hmm. how many hit bats here versus. Yeah. So it, yeah. it plays into your, your methodology actually better mm-hmm. than it would for me anyway. Absolutely. But talk a little bit about the, you know, wrapping up championship. I know you're going for at least one that I know of mm-hmm. um, yourself and uh, you know, and you know, what a, tire fire kind of is trying to navigate man i'll be honest in the league that i i have uh not managed my team since june and then you know playoffs hit i realized i'm like oh shit i'm the third seed mm-hmm. and i'm like all right i'm gonna go for it here and trying to navigate these last couple of weeks has been fucking asinine yeah and that was the cat by the way if you heard him yell so now the cat's yeah. on the podcast too everyone's getting involved with dexter kitty Hi, dexter. In the house. yeah um yeah. Uh, I'm going to win the Phil Backert Offensive League, where we just oh, nice. so just offensive players, and that's not an industry league or anything like that. But um, awesome. I'm going to win that. Um, I'm in second in Tout Wars. I'm not going to win, but I think I could uh, finish in second hmm. in Tout Wars. Um, in Labor, I'm actually in first place right now. Nice, and okay. that's a 15 team mixed league. Okay, and I feel really. <laughs> I'm going to finish in second watch. It's just going to happen. But um, I feel really good about where I'm at because, uh, you know, I had Ronald Acuna and he played half the year, oh, you know? So my first wow. round pick who might be the best player in fantasy played half the year. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's been different times. And I look at, I mean, look at my, this is my actual roster this week. Okay. Then I'm in the finals. I'm trying to win a championship. My active mm-hmm. roster includes Brandon Marsh, Lane Thomas, Phil Goslin, and Matt Duffy. <laughs> oh okay. god yeah yeah damn. and so and that that speaks to what you're talking about and why it's been it's so difficult um especially this year because if you're in a league like this labor league and you've got you know il spots every every team's got players on the il right so there there's let's say three four guys five players on each team so those guys aren't available on the waiver wire they're on the il so there's even less to turn to when you go to the waiver wire and it's a mess and, you know, I had Zach Granke, and then he went down with an injury. And then, you know, Shohei Otani was supposed to pitch on Sunday. They just announced before with this podcast he's not going to pitch on Sunday. So I, I lose that, and I'm, I'm battling in the wins column, which is the tightest one. So that sucks. So, you know, I, I said this to the, the folks over at Fantasy Guru since a year ago. I've talked to them, and I said, the only way you're winning in 2021 is if you manage this. And yeah. you know, you're going to have to manage it because no one's going to have a team where everyone's healthy and everyone's playing all the time. And, this last week is very, very challenging. Unless you're Jeff Manson, didn't manage since June, and then coast until then September, then I just jumped in. Some of us are more talented than others, Jeff. <laughs> just, just uh, yeah, there, there you go. Some more talented. We're lucky. I'll, I'll never forget the year that Kay Adams had oh, uh, finished in second place. Remember that? And she had yeah, Chris Davis. Chris Davis. 60 yeah. home runs on the bench all year, and she finished in second. In mm-hmm. the league, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. that was—I uh, mean, that's just wild to me. But uh, again, we talk baseball, fantasy baseball, three sixty-five. Uh, it's the Baseball Elite podcast. It's free. Um, Kyle L. Frank Ray Flowers do that every single week and uh, did a great job wrapping up the season all year long for everybody. So 
uh, you know, obviously go there and check that out. Uh, as we go into some fantasy football talk here, Ray Flowers, you know, week three was interesting. Very good week from a, I felt like week two, people, we had a great start to the season. Week one, everything smashed. Everything looked good. And week two, a lot of my DFS calls, like I had a major call on Miles Sanders and people were pissed on that. But then, you know, my second running back was Derrick Henry that week and Mike Evans that week. And we pulled out a profitable week and a winning week for majority of our subscribers in week number two. And then, you know, going into week three, there was a lot of skepticism. People were like, oh, you know, questioning the calls and some of these, you know, sticking to our guns in the preseason. And week three was a, a, another smashing success, not just in DFS, but a lot of those seasonal things too. However, there's a couple situations that, I'm, I was wrong about going into the year, things that just haven't worked out the way it was, like the Cooper Cup situation. Cooper Cup's number one receiver, number one player in fantasy football, by the way. You realize that? Like, of everybody in fantasy football, he has the most points of anybody at 91.2. Wow. He's more than you know six points higher than Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes. Like, he is the number one player in fantasy football, and I absolutely was out on him in the draft season. And there's so many people. This is part of the negativity, right? Where, oh, you missed on that. It's the worst call and you can't do it. It's, I don't think anybody's understanding because my seasonal teams have done fine. I'm very much in line where I want to be. Remember, I only need one win in the first four weeks. That's my goal. And I've exceeded every league. I am not. Oh, no, I do have an 0-3. My listener league, I'm 0-3. God damn. Oh, well, or I, might, I thought I had one win in every league, but that's one. Um, I think yes. I'm one and two in the listener league. Let me look that up as we're. Well, I know. Here. Like, I think Ted, me, Ted, and Sandro are all zero and three in our listener. Our I'm listeners one and two, are, and yeah. you're one and two. I'm one I and don't two. know how Phil Backard is doing, so he might be the only one doing anything for us. It's fascinating to me in, in that, but um, you know what? What can you? Yeah, Phil Backard's actually two and one. He's the only one with a winning record in our our uh, listener league. Just goes to show with the listener league. But my my point is this. Everything's not always going to work out. It's just not. And you don't need every player, every player that hits, every breakout. You don't need all of them. Unfortunately, just not. Would we love to have Cooper Cup? Absolutely. Number one, that's why DFS was invented. Because if you missed out on somebody and you're wrong on somebody, you could simply use them. I used Cooper Cup in DFS this past week. Won a boatload of money. Should have won a shit ton of money. Ray Flowers retirement type money is what I should have won, but <laughs> fucking uh, um, I lost thirty seven thousand dollars on mm. the on one catch. It's the last play of the Seahawks game, the Tyler Lockett catch. Thirty seven thousand dollar drop on one play. That it was it. The game's over. I mean, it's just over. That it didn't mean anything. It was over, and you know, it was just unfucking believable. Like you couldn't make it up you know lock it 15 yard uh catch and lost thirty seven thousand dollars out of that like holy fuck but uh still a very profitable week and you know you don't need every single player every single time you're gonna get some things wrong we're definitely gonna get some things wrong and uh i I, curious on why you think people overreact to and by the way the season's not over well 
Robert Woods yeah. is not dead yet. Number one, you say this, you write this, it's in your article every week. You know, trust someone that watches the games if you're not going to watch the games. People don't watch games. I know they don't. You know they don't. They don't watch games. I get it. Everyone's busy. Fine. But there is, there is not a player in the NFL other than Marquise Brown who has been more <laughs> wide open than Cooper Cup. He's yeah. running wide open in the field. And you could give credit to McVay and the coaching staff, scheming. Give them. It's not Cooper Cup. He's running wide open. He scored a touchdown where he had 11.3 yards of separation from the nearest defender. That's over 30 <laughs> feet. Okay. He, he, he scored another one where it was like, I didn't see the number. It was probably six or seven yards because you know, I'm just looking at it. And then one of the touchdowns the other night, he was open. He was standing in the end zone, and there was no one within 20 feet of him. Yeah. He's got three touchdowns where there's been no defender within 20 feet of him. He's just standing. No Hello. Anyone, yeah. any receiver in the NFL scores those three touchdowns. Any player in the NFL, besides Marquise Brown, scores those touchdowns. So do you give Cooper Cup, Jeff, are you an idiot for knowing that defense, we're going to decide to not cover him as he's running? No, that's not your, your fault. Is it amazing to think that a guy that is catching eight or nine passes and scoring every week is being left wide open? Yeah, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. So people need, number one, they need to understand how the points are produced. Number one. Yeah. Number two, they have to understand that, like you said, a great start doesn't mean, and Ray's going to swear, shit. It doesn't yeah. mean. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. This is not a three-week season we're playing in fantasy football. You say this all the time. You're not trying to win in week one, week two, week three. You're trying to win in the playoffs. Yes. Yes. Okay. You, have to, you have to win out. I mean, that's yes. just... There's no other way around it in this environment. You have to win out. You have to be the best team at the end of the season. Yes, you have to get there. Absolutely. And having a nice start helps. Obviously, these are obvious things. But so much is going to happen. We just saw Christian McCaffrey go down, right? Like my my Hall of Fantasy team that I talked about, I talked about on last week's episode, um, the no Las Vegas Pocket ah. Kings. Yeah. I have no quarterbacks at all. Well, I mean, I went through it last week ray and you know i went through it with everybody on the show and i'm like well guess where i stood in quarterback points going into uh uh this week that was what was i third or fourth i can't remember but i was ahead of all these teams in points i was second in total points two points back and i was third or fourth in uh in the and just quarterback points that's and i didn't draft one to the ninth round and the guy i drafted in the ninth round hasn't started for me yet so and I got my ass kicked, by the way, in that league. But McCaffrey's first pick went down. Mm-hmm. I've lost J.K. Dobbins. I've lost Raheem Mostert. I've lost uh, Gus Edwards. And now I've lost Christian McCaffrey. And brutal. it's yeah. yeah, it's fucking brutal. But I do have Austin Eckler still. I do still. Uh, I have Mike Davis. We talked about that in the Sirius XM show. Um, I do have Shuba Hubbard you know, to um, handcuffed to Christian McCaffrey. So I was able to, you know, navigate that. It's not easy circumventing, but, and, you know, just be, and I've suffered a lot of injuries thus far. It's starting to get to the point where I'm out of players to get injured and right. other teams are going to have to start, you know, their, their players are going to get injured. You know, that's just the nature of this beast that we play, but yeah, nothing's over. Yeah, and I think that's a hard thing for to grasp. Speaking of which, though, it's fascinating to me, Ray, that running backs overall. I mentioned Mike Davis, something you and I brought up on the show today uh, on the SiriusXM show, at least, and we'll share with the podcast listeners that Mike Davis is twenty third amongst running backs in points scored so far this season, and I mean he's a guy that legitimately people are dropping. 
they are legitimately out dropping. Yep. Yeah, they're dropping. They're not even they're like, this guy is fucking done. He's worthless. And that's the thing. Meanwhile, where was he drafted in? Where was, what was his ADP this year across uh, fantasy sports, Ray? 23rd. Exactly the same of where he was. So as bad as he's been, and it's not good, but he does have the most touches without a touchdown, as you reference on the show. He's still exactly, he is doing exactly what we wanted. Now, we what well, we wanted more. <laughs> I shouldn't say wanted, what we, uh, where we drafted him, at the value we drafted him. Other players are outperforming, others are underperforming. But running backs overall, Ray Flowers, we have, there are 12, 12 running backs. I misspoke on Sirius because it's been changing. If you count Zach Moss, and this is only amongst players that have played in uh, uh, three or more games, by the way, or they had, they've played every game. We're, we're given that. Um, only 12 players have averaged 15 points per month per, per game at the running back position. And 15 points is not a lot of fantasy points. And this is full point PPR, by the way. That's just not a lot of points. It just isn't. You know, it's, so it's a quality effort. But right now, I think most of us would kill for 15 points per game out of our running backs because only 12 have done it thus far. Meanwhile, you go and look at the other positions like the wide receiver spot and Ray, there's 26 wide receivers that are, that are averaging 15 plus fantasy points per game. I mean, there's a big discrepancy. Receivers have been so, and that includes Cooper cups, 30.4 points per game, 91.2 overall this year. I mean, the receivers are ruling the early portion of the season. So if you went running back heavy in your leagues, chances are you're probably struggling. Yeah, you might be. It, I mean, it always comes down to, of course, who you Or play. yeah, Derrick Henry. Because yeah, Henry's right. the one guy with right. 25 points a game. Right. And if you got Aaron Jones in the second, you, you managed to. Well, the good news is if, if you did that, you're going to end the season with run, one running backs. There's no way Derrick Henry's going to have 500 touches this year and, and make it. So that's yeah. that's a legitimate concern. I mean, he's, he's on pace for 500 touches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a problem. Um, people, and I think when we're talking running backs, and, and I looked it up as we were talking, like Mike Davis, what, what running back was Mike Davis last year, folks? Where did he, in a PPR setup, where did he finish? 11th, right? 12th. 12th is what I saw. But, yeah, yeah. you know, he was a running back one. How many people know that Mike Davis was a running back one? Not many. They know. They I mean, were, there's some people that actually told me they, uh, when we were in the off season and we had the handcuffing debate, yeah, yeah, which right. by the way, like at this point, come on, man. Like, I, you know, it's again, so obvious. Yeah. The, yeah. And you know, I, again, I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying not mm-hmm. to fight with people. So this is the problem. And I think that's the problem with our culture and society too, is that why are it's an obvious one handcuffing full stop has won full stop. Like it is, it's over. It's been over for years. It's been over. It's an absolute, it, it wins. It's a winning strategy. It's a winning idea. And yet people still defy it for whatever reason. And yet they're going, they're the ones going up picking, trying to pick up Chuba Hubbard this week. It's like, I thought it didn't work or it didn't matter. Then why are you spending fab? Oi, it, it's, it's right. The, but it's Davis best, worked dude. last week, yeah. last year. Davis last year. worked, but people yeah. argued with me that he didn't. Mm-hmm. People yeah. said, no, it wasn't good. He's a top 12 running back. Of course. He, played, they, he only started 12 games. Yes. He had a zero in week one and didn't even get the ball. Okay, no. yeah. So, I mean, and I think that that's, you know, going back to what we were talking about too about Cooper Cup and just where we're at, it's a long year. People, they, 
they get ahead of themselves so much. And I wish they would use history a little bit more to guide them because yeah. like you're saying 13 points a week, whatever. If you get 13 <laughs> points every week this season, if Mike Davis does that, he will be better than what your cost of him was on draft day. Yeah. It's just how it's going to be. He'll yeah. f- finish higher than 23rd at running back consistency. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, people see, I, I think they see what they want to see. I mean, that's, you know, that's, right. And, and, Ultimately, you know, the game is so much about who stays on the field anyway. Like people doing victory laps after three weeks or four weeks. I always laugh when people, oh, my running back core set. I'm like, your running back core set, it's week three. Talk to me in week nine when three of your six running backs are out. Okay. You can't ever stop trying to improve. You can't ever stop moving forward. You can't ever think you've got it fixed at this point of the season because if you think that, it's going to come back and bite you. Yeah, it really will. And, you know, there's a lot of early season panic out there. And, you know, both it works both ways. There's either sheer panic or there's wild celebrations. And like I wrote up in the cash game breakdown on EliteFantasy.com this past week, back in week three, and I wrote that the great uh, John Belushi once bellowed, it's not over till we say it is. And that's kind of how that week two worked where it looked bad, and then we got a rescue uh, mission with Derrick Henry in the second half, our, our DFS lineup. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's the same thing you're talking about here. Nothing's over. And you need to slow down with throwing everybody overboard on your team and get rid of players and cutting the Mike Davises of the world and these guys who are struggling. You also need to chill the fuck out on over-celebrating the Cooper Cups the, even the Derrick Henry's, as you mentioned, the heavy workload that is not possible to keep managing all these early season things. Like, I, I mean, Austin Eckler on the positive side, Austin Eckler has been an absolute fantastic yeah. for us. And, you know, I had him third overall. I believe he's fifth overall. Um, and, or I'm sorry, he's like fourth in total points overall or a fifth. Yeah, he's fifth. Remember so, the panic after week one with him? Absolutely. Didn't catch a pass. Didn't catch a pass. And now he's got 15, (laughs) five a week. And again, you know, you know, the 17 week schedule, everybody 17, you get five per game. It's 85 catches. Pretty good. You know, going to be pretty good if he gets that, but you know, um, but I'm not celebrating yet. I think, you know, there were some things I didn't like. He has gotten taken out of the goal line a couple of times. Roundtree had a touchdown called back this past week. You know, Roundtree did get a touchdown the good week too. So there's some, you know, um, we can't over-celebrate. This thing's not over. There's a lot still to come. Um, speaking of which, uh, you know, a couple of players that I'm curious to get your take on, Ray, in, in the early going of the season. Uh, let's go. I want to do a team real quick. Because they have a huge matchup coming up in week number four, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. They take on the L.A. Rams. The Rams are, are just in the Super Bowl. I have heard this from numerous sources, by the way, that it's over. Just the Rams are in the Super Bowl. We had a guy uh, tell me – I had a guy on Sunday that absolutely declared emphatically it will be the Rams versus the Bucks in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which is – Interesting, because that can't happen. I, I love, man, <laughs> is there anything better than somebody arguing with you and saying, no, I guarantee it, they were going to face the Buccaneers. And you're like, the rules yeah, I don't think they are, that's going to happen, my good friend. But like, the, peop, I, I, I feel like the NFL and broadcasters have already determined they want the Rams. That they want, this is the story they want right now. But the Arizona Cardinals are kind of sitting there 
at 3-0, and by the way, most points in the league, most points scored in the league. The defense has done um, very, very good job in the early going as well. And, you know, I don't think they're just going to be a pushover here. Are they, are they fact or fiction, right, Flowers? Bring this back. Mm, so the question is fact or fiction to record? Ari- What's- Arizona. Just Arizona. The whole Arizona. Oh. Um, Are they title contenders? They will be title contenders if they understand that they're, you know, they need to have more than a 16% target share of the best wide receiver in football. Like I, that's, I know that his get a rib cage issue or whatever the hell's going on with DeAndre Hopkins, but I was looking at that. It's like, you know, there's like four receivers in the like 16 to 18% range with the, the team. It's like, you guys got to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins more. Like what is going on? Really would love to see that. I would love to see him establish the running game a little bit more. Um, but you talked all off season about the defense being overlooked. Uh, there is never a play where Kyler Murray can't make something happen, which is such a huge advantage over so many other teams quarterback position. I'll say it's a fact. It's a tough division though. That's, that's, yeah. that's something to, it, you know, that's not an easy division there for, for them to, to emerge from and make the playoffs. It, it really isn't, but I do think this, again, I said it before the season with the defense, the offense, we know there should put up a ton of points and you're right. Hopkins, you got so many weapons now, Rondell Moore and Kirk and Isabella's kicking around and two running backs are viable. And, you know, it's just the, the offense is not worried about, but the defense is just really innovative with what Vance Joseph has done there, where you, you have guys, a great front seven, but, you know, the front four, very good. The def- defensive line, very good against the run. Can also edge rush Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt and these guys. But you also get versatility at the linebacker positions, which was unique coming into it. And as I wrote my did my coaching breakdowns on Fantasy Guru, the thing that stood out to me is, like, you get they draft Zayvon Collins in the first round this year. They, they drafted Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson a year before. And it's like, well, what you don't know what to do with these guys. But the great thing is they're not great at any one thing necessarily, but they're very great at doing everything. They're, these guys can look, both of these linebackers could play in the NFL as safeties. They've got that kind of coverage skill. They're also very good linebackers that can play. They could pass reps that can blitz and take the edge and get underneath you know, offensive tackles, like both of them can do it. So there's no, and then you mix that in with Buda Baker, one of the most explosive free safeties in the entire league who they give a huge contract to. And all of a sudden, you know, Chandler Jones, who could stand up and put his, uh, his hand in the dirt. They show a lot of different fronts and they can do a lot of different things on that defense. And it's pretty exciting. So I think they are contenders as well just because of that versatility on defense that uh, can take offenses out. And I think it'll be a very interesting challenge against Sean McVay coming up this week. Um, Let's do a little more factor fiction here, Ray Flowers. What are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence has been bad. How about rookie, every rookie quarterback in the NFL right now? Holy shit. What happened? What the fuck happened here? You know, I mean, They've all been bad, but Trevor Lawrence, been, he was supposed to be, he is supposed to be the next guy. He's the next star. He's the next Manning, Brady, Andrew Luck, the, the polished prospect. Um, is he factor? Is this performance uh, factor fiction? 
Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because he's setting or tying records by Peyton Manning, which in theory is mm-hmm. fantastic. But people forget that Peyton Manning was I mean, he bad. threw 712 interceptions as a rookie. Like, it's, yeah, um, Lawrence, the first quarterback to throw two picks in the first three games of a season, not total per game uh, since Manning. Um, and you know, you look at Lawrence and he's, he's turned the ball over a ton. Uh, his receivers, I think last I, I think they still have the most drops in football. So they haven't helped them out. A couple of the passes about, you know, bounce off guys, hands for interceptions. Fine. He's got the most turnover worthy plays of any quarterback in football. Like he's just, it's not, and you mentioned the offense, you know, what's the direction and competing philosophies. You've talked about that a lot. It's terrible. Yeah. And you know, you, you just look at the team, they, they, the uncertainty with the backfield. Now everyone got excited last week because it looked like it was normal, right? With Robinson, 15 carries caught six passes. He had his lowest snap percentage last week. <laughs> so even though the snap, the touch total went way up, he had his low, he wasn't on the field less than the first two games too. So there's, that's still kind of wonky. I think that if your expectation of Lawrence being a quarterback one this year, if that was where you came in, it's absolute fiction. If you think that anything that has happened in these, you know, 12, 13 quarters of football, whatever the hell it is, says anything about where he'll be in a year or two, I think that's fiction too, Jeff. Yeah, you have to, rookie quarterbacks are a bad investment. Bottom line, rookie quarterbacks are like, uh, uh, I want to say this, but I'm going to be sexist girlfriends, (gasps) right? You're never where that you want them to be at first, but you know, we got to work on it. You know, girlfriends and boyfriends, how about we put it to both? The ladies, I'm sure, will agree. Like, you, you know, this is a craft. You need to develop them. You need to develop it, the relationship over time. Ray hit it on the head where I would go with it. And the system's just completely screwed up because you got a hardcore West Coast offense of coordinator and Daryl Bevel with a spread offense, air raid type style of Urban Meyer. And these, these philosophies just don't align. They just don't. They're on polar opposites and there's a, they're fundamentally about different things. And I don't know how it goes. And it's, I thought I'd be surprised at which direction and who had the more power. I thought for sure. But the truth of the matter is it looks like both. Like they are legitimately lining up in all different formations, sometimes using motion, sometimes not. It's no surprise that the rookie quarterback is messed up. I, I expect Bevel to be are uh, fired probably by the end of the before the end of the season, but definitely immediately after. And then Urban Meyer will get his own guy and and you know kind of develop it in year two. But yeah, you for called this, year, this the whole time. You called it before the season began. By the way, I but, did. Yeah, I did yeah. write it up in in the Fantasy Guru site. So totally think that's what's going to happen. And Lawrence is um, Lawrence is bad. How about real quick the Justin Fields situation? Because I think that's people are freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fellow Bear fans are absolutely panicked about what's going on there. Then you got Dan Orlovsky saying the Bears have screwed him up and only offering five-man uh, minimum protections for him, which was a shame and all that. I mean, where's your panic on Justin Fields after one start? As we record this at 5 o'clock Pacific time, as we're recording this, we don't even know if he's starting this week. Like The, the Bears are still ridiculous. nonsensically saying it might be Andy Dalton or even Nick Foles. Like, I... Oh. God. I mean, Matt Nagy, anyone that's listened to me for years, I'm, he knows more football than me, but he shouldn't be coaching an NFL football team. I was just, no. Um, what I saw last week was embarrassing. 
but it you, how much can you put on i know all the numbers you know one yard passing and all that stuff net passing and all he was under pressure Olavsky went nuts you've talked about it um he was under pressure on like 55 percent of his dropbacks they only i think they only moved the pocket they only rolled him out what twice the whole twice. game yes you know they they treated him like he was nick Foles. And said, hey, you know, go sit in the pocket or Tom Brady, go sit in the pocket and pick a defensive part. And number one, he's not capable of doing that yet. Number two, that is you don't want to run that kind of offense against the Browns. I don't think that's smart. We saw that. Um, am I concerned about fields? No, I wouldn't have drafted fields to be my starter. I questioned anyone that took fields anyway because mm-hmm. of the uncertainty of when he'd get under center. Um, his arm strength, his athleticism his ability to scan the field, all the stuff you've talked about and all, and all the support that you've given him throughout the draft process after the bears took him, all that kind of stuff. None of that has changed by what happened last week at all. None of it. It was a terrible game. The team sucks offensively. The play calling is horrendous and he's not startable. Even if he's starting, it's just the way it is. And you know, this, this idea, so he's fiction this year. He's not (laughs) fiction at all. Career wise. None of that matters. Um, the idea that people, and we saw this everywhere, there was a host on SiriusXM that was comparing Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers before the season began. Oh. And we ran the audio, and I said, I'm sorry, but no. Like, what are we doing here? Like, let, let, let's compare every player to, to you know, Mike Trout. Like, what are you doing? And we've seen all the rookies. You know, if Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback, how good is Mac Jones right now? Not good. So, And he's the best. He's the only one that's, like, right. serviceable at the moment, right? Right. Yeah, so this this idea of you know people thinking they were in ADP, what was ADP for Lance, Trey Lance, 15, 16 at quarterback, you oh know, Fields God. was 16, 17. He's not was. starting anytime soon either. No, like, unless Niners Robert are Robert two hurt. and one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so I mean this at least Fields and Jones and Wilson are on the field. Yeah. Like Lance is embarrassing. Yeah. But this so I don't think anything again, last week means nothing long-term with fields. It may not even mean anything in the second half of the season with fields. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean anything other than it's a reinforcement right now that, as you said, you shouldn't be planning to start rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. You totally shouldn't be. It's, it's a nowhere road and it'll be up and down is saying that I think fields, if he starts, he'll have a good week against Detroit just because you know what the bears do. And you mentioned schematically, Keeping him in the pocket when you got Clowney and uh, and Miles Garrett coming at you is just like it is. I'll agree with Orlovsky in that it's like to the max power wrong. Like you couldn't even imagine doing something like that. You wouldn't do that with Mahomes. Like you you wouldn't do it with anybody. You don't just. It's like saying I'm gonna go on a safari, but I'm gonna tie a bunch of stakes around my neck. And it's like, wait, what? Why would you do that? So you're in enough danger regularly. Why are you just going to do it? Well, it's because that's what I'm choosing to do. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's it's bad. And the rookie quarterback's been bad. Hopefully you're not trusting any of them to start the year. Um, other players, what do you make of uh, Kareem Hunt? I'll produce Nick Chubb early on. Just sort of variance just who gets the ball when at, at this point or do you think there is something to kareem hunt kind of you know being in a more productive role here i read um, a report today at another website that nick chubb is completely hit or miss mm. on a week-to-week basis if he doesn't get a touchdown you can't use him because apparently i didn't know that 20 carries and 85 yards of ground 
uh, per week makes you terrible, but apparently it does, Jeff, if you don't score a touchdown. By the way, uh, yes. percentage of routes run this season, yeah, Nick yeah. Chubb 42% hunt 45 so they've almost run the same amount of routes, actually, which I know will surprise people because everyone thinks that, you know, Kareem Hunt is some superstar pass catcher, and he's not. Um, he's interesting, you know, writing about him in the offseason. People, people think something happened with Kareem Hunt that hasn't, doesn't happen. Like he had six catches last week, which is fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. And anytime a running back does that, they're a star in the fantasy game, and it speaks to why he's producing and all that. How many times did he catch six passes last season? Once. Okay. How many times was he able to get 30 receiving yards last season? Cream hunt twice. He had 30 receiving yards twice last season. So before anyone gets crazy pants about, you know, three solid games this season, crazy pants, crazy pants, understand that only once last year, did he catch as many passes as he caught last week? Only once last season, did he have more yards than he had as a pass catcher last week? And that Nick Chubb that everyone's nervous about had 22 carries last week. Like, come on. So I really wish the Browns would use Chubb a little bit more. I wish he was on the field a little bit more, Jeff. But I'm not going to turn away from 20 touches. He's still going to be a running back one. And Hunt, by default, I think, kind of if he stays healthy, he's a running back two. But people are ahead of themselves with Kareem Hunt. Chubb uh, on pace for 1,500 rushing yards, but you don't need that in your uh, on your fantasy team. And by the way, last week's uh... – uh, Kareem Hunt performance, by the way, the seven targets, the six receptions, the 74 yards. Kareem Hunt hasn't done that since 2018. Only did that once that year. And that's with the Kansas City Chiefs. So again, like Ray says, totally different vibe, right? Totally, totally different. He had a, a peak week. And uh, when you take it in that small sample, this is the way it stands out. Um, one more. What about a, a wide receiver here? Ray Flowers and what about Robert Woods? We talked about Kareem, or uh, Cooper Cup already. Mm-hmm. What about Robert Woods? People are absolutely panicking, and we saw today folks cut multiple people cut Robert Woods for Josh Gordon. Your thoughts? Yeah, good luck with that. My thoughts on that? I'm speechless. Um, okay, and, I, and I've said this, and you know, I know people don't people don't like information sometimes. I don't know why, but you know who played more snaps last week, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods? Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Okay. Um, and yes, Cooper Cup did have more targets last week. He's getting more targets a week. How many targets do we have with Robert Woods the last two weeks? 15. Yeah, okay. He's good. getting seven and a half targets a week. He's going to be fine. Oh, by the way, how many routes did Cooper Cup run compared to Robert Woods last week? He ran two more. So they're playing the same amount of snaps, basically. They're basically running the same amount of routes. And Coop is being more targeted. But we're still talking about Woods being in that eight target a week range. And don't let's not forget, he gets a carrier to every game too, right? It does. He always does. A lot of jet sweeps. Yep, a lot of jet sweeps. He's caught five balls in seven of eight games in the matchup that's going to come down this week with the Cardinals. So it's going to be a good week this week for him. He's going he's gonna to surge a little bit. I'm not worried with Robert Woods long term. I mean, did I think he was going to be a wide receiver one? No. So, uh, you know, is there plenty of time for him to finish the year as wide receiver 23? You bet your ass there is, Jeff. Oh, easily. I think he's wide receiver like 40 right now, which is yeah. it's not good, but it's, it's very little ground to see after one big week. This happens every year with struggling receivers. You have that one. I remember last year, if I'm not mistaken, it was Mike Evans going into like week four or five. Yeah. And then he had a 
freaking three touchdown game, hundred yards. And next thing you know, he, he was wide receiver 15. You know, it's like, it happens that quickly, everybody. And, and one more thing about the balance of the season. And it's not just because Robert Woods is a swell guy or, or Cooper cups, a bad guy. guy. That, I love that. Well, that's not why they're going to, it's going to level off. It's the game that you're playing and it's football and with football, you can take away anybody you want. Bill Belichick shows this every week with New England. They can take a player away. They could just decide we're going to roll so much coverage. We're going to make it impossible or at least improbable for you, this guy to produce. Look at Alvin Kamara two weeks ago. He's Alvin Kamara. Nobody's going to say I was not a good player. He's a great player. But we're just taking him out of this equation. And the more you do that, and that's the thing about like the Buffalo Bills and you know starting out a little rough. Now they've turned it on and kicked Washington's ass this past week. But you know when things change, the defenses will change, and they'll get tape on what you're trying to do, and you know your tendencies. And they haven't seen Stafford, so this is new in this offense and Cup in this offense. It's a whole new thing. But they will start taking Cooper Cup away to force Stafford and McVay to find another option. They have to do it. They will do it. Teams will do it. Then what happens? Is it then Robert Woods? Now, I say yes, but it, maybe it's Tyler Higby. Maybe it is Deshaun Jackson or Van Jefferson or some other guy. Maybe, but it can't be Cooper Cup all the, same, all the time. That's the reason you've never seen a 2,000-yard receiver in your life. That's the reason you've never seen 30 touchdowns in your life. Like, these things just don't happen, and so it can't continue the way it's been going. And that's it'll get leveled, leveled out and Woods will have his opportunities and he's succeeded in it before. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't again. So be careful with making those distinctions right off the bat. Um, elsewhere uh, around uh, any other takeaways from the first couple of weeks of the season for you, Ray Flowers, anything? I know you write one of the best articles of the entire week over at fantasyguru.com the matchup uh, breakdown you, you talk about you know a, a every single game best and worst matchups in there and sort of preview it all um anything else that stood out from your research this week yeah then i gotta talk to armando marsal and tell him he needs to change that tweet he sends out when it's ten thousand words it was like twelve thousand nine hundred this week i'm getting short changed Jeff. yeah you're getting 20 percent short change jeez yeah, that's um I think that article for me, I hope that the the listeners enjoy it. Or if you're if you're listening to this and you're not part of the family at Fantasy Guru, you can get fantasyguru.com, you get elitefantasy.com. It's also up over there if you want to play the DFS game. Jeff, is the big three still going on, by the way? Yeah, big three package. That means betting, DFS, and seasonal, by the way. So uh exciting. We've got if you're a big three subscriber, I'm only gonna talk about it on the podcast, but we have a thing called elite sports data.com that if you're a big three subscriber, you know, it's going to be a separate subscription for data unless you're a big three subscriber. So if you have betting DFS and fantasy guru already, then uh, you're going to get data for free already. If not get in there, email us support at elitefantasy.com and uh, ask for the big three. And we got a special coming on. It's actually two, 250 bucks for the rest of the season now. For all three, nice and and data you're gonna get in there as well because we're data's not even out. We haven't even we haven't even cracked it yet. That's gonna be another add-on, folks, and it won't be if you're a big three. So you're actually getting the big four for the price of basically what DFS alone is. 
So check yeah. it out. And, and, you know, back to the article, I think that, um, cause I didn't want to not answer your question, Jeff. Um, okay. I think that what has stood out to me is, is I'm going to go holistically here. And, and what I'm trying to do in the article is like the, the Robert Woods thing we just talked about, right. It's like, mm-hmm. cause a lot of people will focus on the box score. They'll focus on what they saw on ESPN or whatever. I try to go deeper than that. We talk about snaps. We talk about targets. We talk about routes. Um, there's information in there about the opponent that week. You know, how is, how is this team done against the quarterback or the tight end? Are they allowing running backs to, to run effectively, but no one's throwing the ball to running backs against them? You know, any of these kind of bits of information, that's the takeaway for me. Not that any, because it, it's been three weeks and, you know, it, it, depending upon your schedule, you, you might have had it rough. You know, there's teams out there that have, that have you know, had some pretty tough times uh, because of the matchups on the clock. So I try not to look at it, you know, thinking, oh, they, they faced Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. Well, yeah, their tight end numbers are going to suck. I mean, come on. Um, but, yeah, I think that just trying to look second level at least without getting analysis based because we have so many other articles that actually do that. But I, the purpose, again, is to kind of go to that second level and really talk about availability, usage, those kind of things, because long term, if you're playing 75% of the snaps and you're running 35 routes and you're seeing eight targets like Robert Woods, you're eventually going to produce it just how it works. Oh yeah. Yeah, you really will. And uh, things will level out volume. That's why I'm such a volume whore all the time. Yeah, I want the most, pa- I'm just a, yeah, I'm just Straight a plain whore. <laughs> hey. I'm a whore for whatever, but yeah, volume rules the day. And you know, sometimes you get ultra efficient seasons thing is efficiency works in the early portion or even it can work in your benefit during the playoffs right any small sample size you can just have a crazy efficient time high variance where guys getting in the end zone a lot more on fewer attempts but over the course of a season that volume will come back to you it's always going to put you in the right spots get the volume the attempts the touches the targets and that's, we have touches and target article of fantasy guru all the time as well. I'm going to give you guys a, I give everybody, I didn't, I have not talked about this. This is just a spidey sense. This is okay. Pappy little spidey sense right, I like it. on a player that everybody needs to, it needs to be on rosters right now. And the reason is like, it, it all set off with the Alexander Madison stuff this past week. Like I, I was floored on how many people did not even fuck. I can't believe people are picking up Alexander Madison this week on waivers, right? This week, like how, number one drafted in every league. I mean, if he was drafted after the 10th round, it was insane. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know a league that it, but fine. Got him in the late rounds. Fine. Then Dalvin cook had a knee injury all week. Wasn't practicing. Why the fuck wasn't he picked up? What are you guys doing? Yeah, especially if you're a cook owner. So I've got a player like that in mind. Okay. And I Who is just it? I have a very sneaky suspicion because this guy had he left the game twice. It's Tony Jones Jr. of mm. of the New Orleans Saints. Camaro left the game twice on uh, on, um, on on Sunday against the Patriots. He left the game. He he looked either absolutely creamed, meaning like or, uh, uh, winded, uh, uh, spent, if you will, or he's got some sort of nagging injury that is just sort of, you know, taking him out. So, something is nagging on him a little bit right now. Can't put my mind on it. He was the absolute workhorse, even down the stretch. 
uh, of that game against the Patriots, helped them close it out and everything. But you know, Jones is the absolute backup. There is nobody else in range. And what you I've seen that Tony Jones in the early portion of the season is really freaking good. And I'll say he's got more burst than Alvin Kamara at this point. Like he genuinely has got more juice than him. He just does. It's just faster. I don't you see it where you know Kamara's smoother and everything else. He but anyway, glides. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jones just hits though. He's he's a home run threat. And you know, we talk about against the Giants this week. I wouldn't doubt if Tony Jones has a long touchdown on this week. Now I'm not gonna start him. He's not gonna be my top 24 at the running back position, but he needs to be on rosters. All right. And if you're a Camara owner, you have to have him. If you're not a Camara owner and you have a roster spot, somebody else went on IR and you get a free pickup or free square, or you got some shitty third string wide receiver somewhere that you've been sitting on, go get Tony Jones and make sure he's rostered. Okay. So that's my pickup of the week. Right. Let me ask you a question just as we're talking about that, by the way, Jeff, because I heard you mention this, I think, on the show in passing, and it's something I've noted, too, as Ollie, stop licking my feet. This dog is driving me nuts. Um, well, or or keep it up, either way. Yeah, no, I, I want him to stop. Go I'm get not. the peanut butter jar. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm sick. Why does uh, Tyreek Hill only have eight catches for 70 yards the last two weeks, and oh. why did he not even play 70% of the snaps last week? I what, wrote it in my reek. My recap article over mm-hmm. there at Fantasy Guru mentions it, and you refer to it in your piece as well, mm-hmm. where the uh, – I, d- I do not know why Tyreek was off the field. He just didn't play. Large swaths of that game. Like, when I finally got all the snap counts, and I'm like, wow, uh, I had less snaps for him. So uh, it's one of those things where I, I haven't gone back and watched that game yet, mm-hmm. but I need to, and I, I will count the snaps and make sure – because I had less snaps for him even than uh, what's been circulated thus far this week. 70% of snaps, though, is not good either way you slice it up. I don't know. I don't know if there's an injury, but you got to think something is happening because that's a game they lost. It was in doubt the whole time. They were basically trailing all throughout. They just weren't going to Tyreek. They didn't use Tyreek. They didn't put him on the field. And then they go take this miracle shot on Josh Gordon. This past That doesn't make any sense. So something's something's going on with Tyreek Hill as well. There has to be. All right. Just absolutely has to be. So I don't know. I I really don't know why you you don't use him more. If he's a guy who's always got some soft tissue issues. He's very much like Christian McCaffrey and they're, they're jacked. These guys are fucking yoked mm-hmm. out of their minds. And when you get that, you're got you're that small and that yoked, muscles just seem to pop, pop all the time. So that's um, I never have a muscle pull, Jeff. That's never a problem. No, me, me either, especially. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're I'm six three and just two two hundred and twenty pounds of blubber. And uh, you know, that's nothing pulls on me anyway. I could run all all day. Nothing I don't go anywhere, but yeah. It's nice not to be muscular. <laughs> right? Yeah, fit, it is. Fit so that, nicely yeah. in the car seat. I don't have to worry about <laughs> squeezing into my office chair. I'm good. I, yeah, exactly. I just expand the arms. I have loose arms. My arms move on the, the office chair now because I'm getting fatter. But Can you hear this yeah, lunatic no. dog running around in circles? I'm not trying to keep Is he still going? Could you hear him? His to- his no, I really don't hear him. Okay, good. Because I'm. No, no. if I was on serious right now, you'd be hearing all that. Okay, good. All, all that mind. shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Very, oh, now I hear now him. You heard Ollie, that. Ollie's go. Oh, my oh. God. Freaking. What are you doing? Ollie, Ollie, I think someone has to go we're number trying, two, Jeff Man. We're trying to record a pot. Yeah, me. Um, maybe I'll deuce, take a deuce, deuce on the air. 
Um, all right, so that's the pickup of the week. Now, every week, Ray, I want to do a survivor um, pick as well. We do it every single uh, show here on during the NFL season on One Man's Opinion. And this week, it's the easiest ever is a reason. I haven't used the Bills yet. Bills are facing Houston Texans. Now, the Texans have been strangely competitive in all three games so far this year. They won their first game, obviously, against Jacksonville as well. But going to Buffalo, there's a reason the Bills are 17-point favorites. It's a no-brainer, right? Go Bills and move on with your day. Yeah, I mean, yes. I could get yeah. My analysis doesn't need to be very astute on this one other than just to say yes. Yeah, I mean, any other teams that you're thinking about the Saints, don't, you know, Saints are at home against the Giants. The Giants mm-hmm. have been competitive in every game, and New Orleans hasn't. They beat the Patriots on the road, but they you know, lost and we they killed the Packers in week one, lost their ass in week two. It's kind of weird. And then Tennessee against the Jets, it's a road team. Uh, and I mentioned that Zach Wilson and Corey Davis are actually graded out very well uh, for me against this Tennessee defense in that secondary this week. Remember, revenge narrative for the uh, for Corey Davis going against Tennessee and AJ Brown likely out. Julio Jones possibly out for the Titans. So be careful with that. So none of these other games do anything for me. It's the Bills by a landslide. As far as the, what do you think real quick? Belichick versus Brady. Mm. It's the big news. Who wins this battle? Remember, I did it every week in the recap article last year. I thought it was going to be like real competitive. I anticipated, you know, Belichick will rule out. I was, it was stunning that Tom Brady has come out of this being the over, like he, crushes Belichick like he he is the guy and not only that he's one of my favorite athletes all of a sudden like I don't know what the hell happened in New England but is there any way Tom Brady doesn't go back to his old stomping grounds and just wipe the floor well there's always I mean you, you never know right there's always a chance but I think the odds are pretty good that he emerges again victorious here I mean the 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 Patriots like they're a mask Last year was the Cam Newton experiment. It didn't work. You know, Damian Harris this year, they're, they're not trusting him with blitz pickup or anything like that. He barely was on the field last week. They lost White. Um, I, I just worry about their offense. And as, as much as, you know, Belichick knows Brady and all that, there's so many weapons on that side of the ball. And, you know, and it does look like Antonio Brown will be back um, to help things out, you know, for the, the Bucks too. So I obviously could. But barring like a weather storm or some kind of significant injury, I think this one's going to Brady. Yeah, I would imagine. It's going to be a highly motivated game for uh, all sides on Sunday Night Football. That is for sure. Uh, my bet of the week, uh, several games that, that, that I really like here um, as far as the spreads are concerned. And one that you should probably lock in sooner, earlier than later, because as we sit here on you know recording this on Wednesday night, the Kansas City Chiefs are six and a half point favorites on the road against Philadelphia, but short week for Philadelphia. Philly just got absolutely owned by the Dallas Cowboys in embarrassing fashion. Andy Reid was in the hospital Sunday night. They're in last place in their division. The motivation is as high as it gets. And not only that, Andy Reid going back to Philadelphia. So you got the hospital, you got his former city. You know, he's only faced the Eagles twice and only back, and they've won both matchups. This is always an inspiring win or an inspiring place for the Chiefs and his team to play. 
and you had the health issue, Kansas City absolutely has to win. There's no possible way they're going to lose this game. In fact, that would be my backup survivor if you really had to, but I wouldn't because it's in a road team. Six and a half points. The Chiefs win this by more than a touchdown. It's an easy victory for me, Ray. I, I think double digits at the very least for Kansas City over Philly this week. I said this earlier in the week, just to, you know, we talked a little bit about Tyreek Hill, but just quickly, Jeff, are you concerned about their offense at all? Um, because, you know, it, it seems to me that, you know, we've got the yes. over-reliant. Yeah, okay. well, because I, I, I think well, uh, here's what I'm worried. Yeah. I'm not worried though long-term because Andy Reid's not going to fuck around. Like he just doesn't like there's got McVay worried about Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels and in, in uh, New England worried about there uh Sean Payton ultra worried about there's some guys especially as they gotten older all three of the gentlemen I just spoke about they they fuck around like they are they love tomfoolery and trickery and gimmicks and they they just can't stop themselves Andy Reid doesn't Andy Reid he does he has been fucking around he had a problem last year with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and goal line. So what did he do? He started all these trick plays and jet sweeps and tight end arounds and all these plays, you know, once they got in the green zone and, but then he got to the playoffs and said, all right, I'm just not fucking around. I'm going to use Daryl Williams and I'm going. Well, Kansas city last week, they watched Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumble the ball away again. And, they kept going back to him almost as if they tried to say, Hey, we're, you're still our guy. And they did it at the direct detriment of the team. They, they can't afford to do that anymore. And I think that, you know, Andy Reed, whatever happened, they say it was dehydration or whatever. I think a lot of it is the stress and knowing he fucked up the game both times. Stop going to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It's not happening. It's just not, it's simply not. And with the chargers Broncos and Raiders, all playing top end football right now. And by the way, the Chargers and Raiders play each other. They have to, one of those teams have to win. Going to put them even further ahead of Kansas City. You can't fuck around. You just can't do it. And um, so I think if I was an Edwards Alaire owner, I'd be absolutely nervous as hell. And last week, he kind of got away with it. It's not going to happen long term. And they're not going to put the ball in his hands much longer. I think Kansas City comes out. Tyreek, Kelsey, deep ball to McColl, like deep passes, put the pressure on these corners, old broken down corners of Philadelphia and just never let off the gas. That's what I think happens. So that's the problem with Kansas City's mm-hmm. offense. I know it'll get right. I know it because okay. unless, you know, Andy Reid had to take a leave of absence or something mm-hmm. like that, by the way. Right. So that, that's where I'm at with that. So Kansas City, my six and a half. Love that one for sure. Um, that's my favorite bet. My upset of the week. Now, there's a couple games that I think the I think Seattle could beat San Francisco here, Ray. San Francisco being three-point favorites doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't feel like either one of these teams are as good as Vegas or fantasy owners or NFL analysts think they are. Because I think both teams have significant defensive liabilities. Yeah, I think that's obviously fair. Um, you can obviously look at the situation with the coaching staff for both teams, and I think there's more pluses than minuses, but the defensive side of the ball is a thing. I think that what saves Seattle in a lot of people's eyes, obviously, is Russell Wilson, which clearly is a huge advantage for that team over the Niners. But, yeah, the Niners, 
You know, I mean, they've had injuries. They've had back and forth in the media. They've had uncertainty with directions. Who's the quarterback? Like, there's a lot of stuff swirling with the Niners, and they're at home, you know, and they'll obviously like to put a good effort up against Seattle, given that. But, uh, yeah, that's I, – I, I'm really interested to watch the game. Yeah, yeah. But me too. I, I don't – you know, I, I could see it going either way. Yeah. I, I So I think Seattle's in spot for an upset. I'll, I'll, my official upset – will be Baltimore over Denver. It really shouldn't be an upset. It's only a one point favorite, but you know, by the way, folks, so for the season, I'm one game over 500 on elite sports betting.com point three, five units up, which is unusual for me. I've I've had successful time, never had under 500 years. So when it comes to making those plays, I don't like to, you know, I don't like, I'm not going to go and swing for the fences this week. Houston will beat ball Buffalo. Like, I'm not doing that because I, I think that Baltimore is the upset pick of the week. Like that's the way it'll go. I think they will defeat Denver. Denver is a contender. The defense is very, very legit, but the one Achilles heel defensively for the Broncos is the run. They can't stop the run as well. They can pass rush up the ass. They can stop. They can pick the ball off and cover it as good as anybody in the NFL, but it's a bad matchup for them against Baltimore. I think Baltimore controls the clock. You Tyson Williams, the must start for me this week as well. And I think he, uh, you know, that running game gets going against Denver. So that's the upset. If you had to pick a deeper one, it would be Seattle over San Francisco on the road. So uh, those are the ones for, um, all right, Ray flowers, man, time flies when you yeah. and I are having uh, this much fun, my friend, I, do appreciate you hopping on any final words before we let the kitties go off into the week four. Good night. Yeah. Got to get the puppy outside to go to the bathroom. Um, sorry. Has everyone, he, has he shit him. on the floor yet? Yeah, he it's not yet. yet. He's whining in the corner. Uh, it's getting oh. close. Uh, I apologize for having peeking. my animals. Turtle peeking. Yeah. Yeah. My animals uh, cause hectic problems here uh, for the podcast. Appreciate, uh, you know, the opportunity to come on with you, Jeff. And we probably don't do it enough because we, you know, do it every week on, on serious, but uh yeah, it's man, it's week podcast. four. We got a lot, lot to look forward to. We got the big three. We got all the sites up and running, cranking, advice, fun. Uh, join us over at Fantasy. Super Group. happy, fun. Yeah, great super happy, times. fun time. Hey. Super happy, fun time, everybody. Remember, follow Ray Flowers at Baseball Guys on the Twitter machine. Catch his work at FantasyGuru.com, EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsBetting.com as well. And hear him uh, every single, uh, you got what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then on the Sirius XM Fantasy Drive, of course, and then you get to him with me and, uh, and give some class to our show on Wednesdays on Elite Sports 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you're checking that out on Sunday mornings. You're doing all the advice at Sirius XM Fantasy on the Twitter machine as well. How's that going, by the way? Oh, it's uh, last week was wild. I've uh, never... You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. Some people, you know, like at the wide receiver course, some people are begging to have me tell them if they should start, you know, Brian Edwards or, or Colin Johnson. Oh, and then we have other people saying, I need one of DeAndre Hopkins, Jamar <laughs> Chase, and Mike Williams. So right. I I don't really know what's going on. Um, obviously, there's some people out there, I guess, with some monster teams in their league coach. <laughs> Roster management, everybody. Be careful with that. Follow me on social media, Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Again, you may disagree with some or all that you heard on today's episode, folks. That's perfectly all right. Why? It was just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Tuesday.